Hello and welcome back to another episode of Preview Review, the movie trailer podcast that only we do. Nobody else does this podcast. It's only you and me, Ryan. Did you know that? Well, sometimes Ian the Accountant's here. Well, no, but I'm saying like nobody else in the world makes this podcast. Only you and me make it happen. At it least, comes down to us. At least in this universe. As far as we know. In the vast scheme of the multiverse, there's millions of preview review podcasts. are so hot right now. They're welcome, so in. Welcome to the multiverse episode of Preview Review. Well, I'm your host, Tyler Ellison. Feels <laughs> like Stefan. And this is multiverse my are having a moment. Ryan Toon. I mean, we got Marvel stuff in the multiverse, and then we got everything everywhere all at once. The best movie of the year so far, in my opinion. In the multiverse. multiverse. Um, what else and is in the multiverse? Are there, like, shows that do multiverse stuff? What, like, the well, DC stuff on CW? Yeah, but they did that, like, a couple years ago. Oh, so they're not really in the moment. They, they are, were ahead of its They time. started it. Wow. Everyone See, knows. Everyone thinks those shows are trash, but really, where where would we be without them? I mean, I haven't watched not them in, in the multiverse, years. that's for sure. Um, I've heard Superman and Lois is good, though. That's the new one. Okay. Um, but they just What's canceled... What's the bar for good? I don't know. I haven't seen Uncancelable. <laughs> they canceled Batwoman. Sad. Yeah. I've never seen an well, episode. It's problematic. Well, wait. The no, new Batman they didn't was? cancel her like that. I was joking. Oh, well, I thought the first Batwoman was bringing up allegations of, like, the set was, like, toxic. Mm, so they had to replace her. Maybe the show was cancelable. In cancelable. both ways. Yeah. Wow. In this vast multiverse, you can be cancelled more than one way. Well, if you're new as a listener to this podcast and you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry. Multiverse well, talk kind of... Well, it kind of stops here. We do. We will, by necessity, have to talk about it later. Yes. But in general, this podcast is not about the multiverse. It is about movie trailers. That's why it's called Preview Review. And what we like to do is we give an overview of movie trailers for films that are about to come out and what we get from the trailer, what we think uh, our hopes and dreams, and maybe oftentimes the confusions or... Uh, reservations you may have about a film or uh, from the trailer like realities we are making it happen we're manifesting these oh manifestations yes Yes, sometimes it is i'm trying to think if there's ever been a moment where like i called some like weird shit from a movie on that like wasn't in the trailer and it like happened i mean like have we ever like made an accurate prediction I feel like we have had to, right? Probably. Movies are so predictable now. I feel like we've done it before, and then we go see a movie, and I look at you, and you're looking at me like, oh my gosh, that's the thing. Like, I remember that moment, but I don't remember what we were watching. Yeah, me either. I'd have to go back into the archives. I feel like I've had that feeling There's so many hours of content to comb through. It's it's art, Tyler. Episode 40-something? It's not just content. It's art. Yes, exactly. So, if you're a new listener, welcome to the art. Mm. And I would hope you enjoy. The art of preview review yeah on today's episode we're going to be talking about some pretty exciting new releases we got some big names in here in terms of like you know the franchise stuff mm-hmm. first up we've got doctor strange in the multiverse of madness Ooh, big anticipated spooky. film right there it's a culminating so many pieces of to doctor strange you don't have to see anything else you can just watch doctor strange <laughs> one you imagine? and then jump to doctor like, strange nobody two else, nobody else is in it it's just magic cover match and uh tilda uh, swinton again oh chiwetel was in the first one. Oh yeah he was and uh benedict wong Sure, they can stay. Nice. But they gotta stay in Nepal or wherever they were. Yeah, they you don't move around. <laughs> um, and then, it's the return of the dinos. Jurassic World Dominion. The conclusion mm. of the new Jurassic trilogy, or so they say in the trailers at least. 
Yeah, because uh, next they got to go Jurassic say, Universe. No, they say... Well, the trailer... Well, we'll get into it when we talk about the trailer. But it says like the end of the Jurassic era, yeah. right? So that's my... Cretaceous my, world. Exactly. That's my okay. headcanon is that's going to go in out there. The protozoic Ew. Park. I don't want to say that. <laughs> Mr. DNA was right. Um, and then we've got a new release from A24, Men. Oh, is it the prequel to Two and a Half Men? <laughs> it's just the word men and then next is going to be... Wouldn't that be the sequel? No, no, no. You have to build up. So you start with men, men and then you get half men, and then, and then two, and a, half two men. and a half men. No, well, it's not. It's not that. You don't know that. It's you just haven't men. seen the movie. I've seen the trailer, though, and I'm pretty sure that's not what it is. It's going to no, no, no Charlie Sheen in sight. Or Ashton. No, no. Um, John Cryer is going to show up at the end and go, men, men, Oh, my men. gosh. <laughs> with uh, Spencer T. Breslin. <laughs> and then finally, a movie that looks like a fever dream. And I'm very excited for it. We've got Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Hold your thoughts for the next, for the actual segment of the movie. This is just a little aperitif. Ooh, were you just a pecking at a a nut? Like you're a chipmunk? Going, mmm, I like those nuts. Stop talking about Chippendale. We're not there yet. Damn. But before (laughs) we get to talk about any of those trailers, we do need to cover um, any of the movies, Ryan, that you have seen that we've previously preview-reviewed. It's time for our recurring segment that we call Ryan's Review Roundup. Cue the theme music. Ryan's Review Roundup. Ryan, you have seen movies we previously covered on this show. And we all need to know, what'd you see and what'd you think? Well, I saw so many things. One might say I saw everything. Everywhere. All at Ambulance. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> I did see both of those movies, though. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Ambulance. As well as Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and The Northman. Um, let's see, where should I start? Sonic 2. It's a blast. If you liked the first Sonic, you're going to love this one. It's more wacky hijinks with your pal Sonic. Tails is there, and he's great. Knuckles is a great addition. Jim Carrey is still doing his thing, and it's fun. And I've heard a lot of, like, criticism of, like, the human characters in this movie. But I think they're great. I, like, had really big laughs from some of the human bits of this movie. So I think all around it's a good time. Maybe it's a little too long for, like, a family movie. But other than that, I think it's a blast. Take the kids. Have a good time. Uh, The Northmen don't take the kids. But still have a good time. Uh, It's a great revenge epic plot uh, with some mystical elements. I think it's Robert Eggers' most accessible film so far, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, I actually think it makes it a little better. It might be... I think I like it better than The Lighthouse, but not as much as The Witch. It's, like, more straightforward. Yeah. It's easier to track what's happening. Um, But the action's great. The dialogue is very compelling. The way shots are framed and the cinematography are stunning. Um, It's just a very impressive film. Um... (laughs) From one impressive film to the next, Ambulance, Michael Bay's newest opus. Uh, Honestly, Michael Bay discovered drones and he uses them. Maybe a little too much, but I'm on a nonstop thrill ride for two and a half hours, however long this movie is. I don't think it's that long. Um, And I loved probably 80% of that ride. Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I need to slow down and get off of it. But that's not what the movie is about. It's adrenaline action all the time forever um there is a great comedic bit where 
we pause to do some karaoke to Christopher Cross, and I appreciate that because I love Yacht Rock and I love Ambulance. Um, speaking of other things I love, Everything Everywhere All at Once is probably the best movie I've seen all year so far. Uh, not probably, it definitely is. Um, it, cre- it approaches the subject of the multiverse in a way that is accessible to like anybody, um, and it's not a story about sci-fi. It's just a story that has sci-fi elements. It's more a story about like connection and humanity at its heart, and embracing like what makes you happy in the face of nihilism. Um, and I really like how it touches on those themes and how it tugs at your heartstrings in all the right ways. Yep. Everything Ever All at Once is a cinematic revelation, probably going to be one of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of the only movies I've seen in theaters that has made me like, I'm like mid sob and then it cuts and makes me stop sobbing to like laugh so hard. Like it's able to just like ping pong you between all kinds of emotions and it's but and it doesn't incredible. feel jarring though it doesn't no not in a jarring sense but yeah. in just a like incredible like it's just a, this like amazing emotional catharsis that comes out of this like so like such such a compelling story it's incredible yes. and don't and don't miss this movie i think like everybody mm-hmm. like that of course is like old enough to comprehend and like see the movie like go see the movie mm-hmm. and i don't think there's a weak link at all in the cast everyone does a stellar oh performance. everyone's fantastic um yeah yeah uh, Tyler, you also saw some of these other movies, right? What did you think about those? Um, yeah, I, I've seen all of these other ones besides Ambulance. Um, I like The Northman a lot. It's not as, like, doesn't have as much to say as, like, everything ever all at once. It's a very straightforward story. It's kind of, like, it blends, like, a very typical revenge story that's kind of got some, like, dramatic irony a la Shakespeare, um, but melds it with, like, the 21st century, like, bloodbath of an action thriller that you can like make today uh with a high budget movie and uh, i really really enjoyed some of the like fight choreography and the set pieces some of these scenes reminded me of like the lord of the rings in the sense that they like pretty much like choppered alexander Skarsgård out into like remote iceland and was just like hike <laughs> you know like they just did like crazy uh-huh. shit to like film this movie which i can really respect and then Sonic 2 is also just a really fun time. And I, there are multiple moments in this movie that are just like, I want to cheer at the screen because I love my pal Sonic uh, doing fun things with his friends. Um, and the comedic relief that comes from both the animated characters as well as the human characters, I think, works really well, too. That There's like a chemistry between the characters that works really well mm-hmm. that I don't think you always get out of like a mixed like live action and animated film. But somehow it like... When Sonic and Eggman or Sonic and James Marsden's character are, like, in a scene together, it, like, works really well. Um, which I can be, like, I think that's a highlight of the film. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's those are my thoughts. Woohoo. Well, thank you for joining me on Ryan's Review Roundup. Yes, of course. I'm, I'm happy to have popped into this corner of the podcast. I don't often... I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back out and I'll meet you okay. on the, I just on the gotta, regular podcast. I gotta clean some stuff up here. I'll okay, meet you there in a second. I'll see you. You get them started with Doctor Strange. All right. Okay, guys, we're going to talk about Doctor Strange while Ryan's finishing up over in uh, Ryan's corner uh, with the review roundup situation. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is uh, the latest MCU installment. This is, like I said in the intro, a culmination of many different pieces of Marvel content that have been coming out over the last few years. Um, this one's being directed by Sam Raimi. I think this is his first film that he's directing for the MCU. Uh, he's done movies like the Evil Dead series, the Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire, and let's not forget his last film... Oz, the great and powerful. 
Well, Tyler, you could argue that he directed. Oh my God, Ryan, you the made it! First MCU film since Tobey Maguire's Spider Man is now canon. Oh, that's true. I guess. Well, the first three then. Well, it all depends. Are all on... three movies canon based on his appearance and? I, I no I'm gonna home? say yeah. It I feels don't... like they are. Right? There's like nothing that contradicts line. it. Um, definitely, yeah, he even talks about, like, how he fought Venom in the movie, right. so, I mean, of course, uh, how could we forget, of course, they're all canon, you got th- three villains from each of the movies. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that, easy. So, yeah, I guess, well, technically, I think it is his debut in the MCU, but Sam Raimi is potentially, like, the godfather of the MCU now, because of the vision that he brought with Tommy McGuire's yes. Spider-Man. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see how this will shake out. I didn't see Oz the Great and Powerful, so I don't know like oh, how it compares to his earlier work. It's very um, different. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy that did Army of Darkness also did a Oz movie. Okay. It doesn't sound... Like, when you think of that, you're like, oh, cool, it's going to be sw- sick, twisted, dark. It's not. It's not that. <laughs> it's like... It's a movie you could watch with your seven-year-old, and they'd be, like, maybe a little scared of the witch. Yeah. Like... Other than that, it's it's a safe family yeah. film. But Doctor Strange Two comes out on May sixth, and this stars you know some some of the classic folks. We got Benedict Cumberbatch reprising his role as Doctor Strange. Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen's in here as of course uh, Wanda Scarlet Witch. Um, we got Chiwetel Ejiofor coming back from the first Doctor Strange Ooh, movie. Benedict Baron Wong, Mordo and Rachel McAdams of of course the the love interest from the first movie. Have you seen the first movie yet? I haven't. I remember. Uh, when we were in college, I, I think we out, started it and I fell asleep. Yeah, I found out you hadn't watched it, so I was like, "Oh, we gotta watch it," and uh, you fell asleep. All I know about the first movie is like I think I saw through like the part where he like goes to train under Tilda Swinton's character, which we're not gonna talk about because that's problematic. And then I just know the rest of the movie from memes of like Dormammu, I've come to bargain, mm. and that's pretty much it. Okay, so you at least know like, wait, did you get to meet? Baron Mordo, Chiwetelogia for I character. feel like he was in the movie, and you basically said it for me, where it's like, oh, this is a guy that kind of was like, he's like on Doctor Strange's team, but he like kind of like, he's set up to be the antagonist, yeah. like in the future. By the end of the movie, he's like upset at but, Doctor Strange. Yeah, isn't the idea that it's like Doctor Strange isn't like upholding well, the like responsibilities or like the rule, following the rules that he's supposed mm-hmm. to, which checks out in this trailer because we see him, like he's the one that's like reporting him to the Illuminati or whatever. That's yeah. like, so, we need, like, we need to hold you accountable for what you're doing to fu- like fucking up the multiverse yeah. basically. So quick recap for Baron Mordo's character arc is that like, he was like the devout follower of the ancient one Tilda Swinton's character. And then throughout the movie, he finds out that like, oh, in order to beat this, we have to break the rules that like were set out. And also, apparently, Tilda Swinton has been breaking the rules for years. My whole life is shattered, mm. and now so he's like the disillusioned, like yeah. cult follower that's like then like reject, like yes. turning against. And now the his system. like goal is to rid the world of like sorcerers. Oh wow! So he went like full, not just like I want to reestablish order, but like I want to yeah. take everyone out. Like at the very end, Damn. like one of the post credit scenes is like he goes to. Benjamin Bratt's character who like very early on in the movie learned like he learned magic and that's how he's able to walk again because he was paralyzed and he goes up to him like while he's playing a pickup basketball game and he's like no more magic and he like takes his magic from him and he can't walk anymore oh dang brutal well Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness looks freaking crazy <laughs> like the Madness. step up from like what Doctor Strange 1 is the fact that this is like technically the direct sequel to Doctor Strange 2 like 
It's filling in so many gaps in between because we're we're like pulling in from WandaVision and Spider Man, the Spider Man No Way Home, uh, and Infinity War, Infinity War, <laughs> everything that's happened like through Endgame, like so much happened between Doctor Strange One and Doctor Strange Two that it's crazy that this is a I sequel. Mean, Wong but... was in Shang Chi. <laughs> like, is that canon? Or yeah, of course it is. But like, yeah, how will Shang Chi like his appearance in yeah. Shang Chi factor in? And we are even seeing the newest footage like is confirming characters from What If the like animated Disney Plus series. Mm-hmm. Are coming to the screen. Have you watched What If? I have. I saw the first episode, so I saw the episode that seems to matter. Oh, uh, I but feel like maybe more will factor in. I feel like episode four might be the one that matters the most. Okay, because that's the Doctor Strange centric episode. Right, but if you haven't seen it, I guess it, it depends. Like, this is the weird thing about this podcast is like they're technically not spoilers because all of this content is in like promotional material, like the trailers that we're viewing to prep for this. But also, if you care a lot about like going in blind, maybe don't listen to this segment of the podcast. Yeah, skip for forward to the, to the Jurassic World part. Yeah, we don't really know all that much about that, so it's okay. But the latest footage from Doctor Strange 2 that they're using like in promotional stuff, these aren't just like leaks, mm-hmm. is like, you don't see the face, but we see the Union Jack shield that confirms Captain Carter like mm-hmm. being in this Who film. Who is a multiversal variant of Peggy Carter from the Captain America yeah, movies. If Peggy Carter were the ones to receive the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers... Mm-hmm. Which is, that's crazy that this is in this movie that's also trying to, like, wrap up everything that happened with WandaVision yeah. and No Way Home. Like, well, it's just, it's bonkers to me. Yeah. And the potential, like, the inclusion of the Illuminati, which has all but confirmed the presence of Patrick Stewart's Professor X. Yes. Looping in the X-Men. It's like, this is bonkers to me. Yeah. Um, other things I'm seeing from What If in the trailers are... Episode five of What If is all about zombies, and there's definitely like there's zombie, zombie Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange, which has to tie. Yeah, it has episode to tie four in there. of What If is all about like what if Doctor Strange was evil, and like that's oh, we like see evil Doctor evil Strange. Doctor Strange, that's right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like What If was slept on by a lot of people, and it was like an okay show. There's like a few like highlight standout episodes, but like it, it's, it's going like to reward the followers, lot, yeah. right? Does um, What If go into the presence of the Illuminati at all? No, like, is that. This okay, so that's appearance. kind of the introduction of that presence, mm-hmm. which is like, I guess, theoretically, like this panel of well, in beings the comics, from across the multiverse that yeah. like supervise the rules of the multiverse or whatever. And we're seeing Doctor Strange in the trailer is being brought before them, like in handcuffs, basically. Like he's being put on trial for the damage that he's done by like causing the multiverse to collapse or like intertwine yeah, or whatever. Yeah, something about like maybe the effects of like what he did in Spider-Man No Way Home coming to roost here. It seems like... That, but also, I get the sense that there's more that they're not telling us. Like, it feels like oh, of course. this doesn't just pick up where... Uh, obviously, there is. But it doesn't just pick up where No Way Home leads off. I think there's implications, like I said, from what happens in WandaVision and uh, what's happened in No Way Home. But also, I feel like there must be, like, another MacGuffin or a piece of information that sort of sets off the plot of Multiverse of Venice that we haven't been introduced to yet. Mm-hmm. I know there's a new character that we're being introduced to, like a teenage girl that... Ooh, America Chavez. Yeah, I don't She's know cool. like her full background. Um, and so I'm interested to see like how that character plays in, if this is like some way that Doctor Strange is like... Is it like antagonistic to, or is he trying to like protect her? So who okay. knows? But so- I'm very excited to see how this all shakes out. I mean say what you want about the MCU and the Scorsese takes of like, are they cinema or are they a roller coaster ride? But every single fucking time I see the trailer, I'm like, yeah, I want to know what the fuck that's about mm-hmm. because I've been following these characters since I was goddamn like 12 years old. And I want to know what's going to happen yeah. in this movie. So, um, quick lore recap, uh, for some things Tyler mentioned. 
the Illuminati aren't always multiversal, like, authorities. Sometimes, like, each universe has their own Illuminati, which is just, like, a group of smart people that decide things. And people that have been on the Illuminati in the comics include, like, Tony Stark or Reed Richards, who's Mr. Fantastic, uh, Professor X, Charles Xavier, uh, Black Bolt, who's, like, the king of the Inhumans, and more. So people are speculating that, like, oh, the Illuminati's here, so maybe we're going to get a variant of Tony Stark coming in. And that's where people are speculating, like, oh, back in the 90s, they were trying to make an Iron Man movie starring Tom Cruise. Yeah. Is Tom Cruise going to be a variant of Tony Stark in this movie? Which could be wild. Um, it also has speculation. That would be pushing, like, too much. Like, if they're bringing in Captain Carter and, like, Professor X and all these other, like, mm-hmm. Marvel characters, and then also just Tom Cruise shows up as another <laughs> Iron Man, I'm going to be, like, blown away. Yeah. Um, people are also speculating that this is where, like, uh, we're going to get introduced to Reed Richards because we know there's a Fantastic Four movie coming mm-hmm. up. Um, and then, like, a theory of, about that theory is, like, oh, this is going to be a variant of Reed Richards, so that we're going to get John Krasinski Reed Richards, but just for this film, he's a variant of our Reed Richards who's going to be cast as a different person. Oh. Because the fans really want John Krasinski to be Reed Richards, so this is a way they can have their cake and, like, eat it too. I don't really care who plays Reed Richards, but that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I like this approach, and I love that Marvel's going ambitious with the multiverse stuff here, because ultimately, like... I think the Avengers, like, saga kind of ballooned, like, we've reached the limit of, like, what's feasible for, like, the amount of super beings that could, like, exist on Earth. And then it's, like, you're just gonna have, like, what? Fantastic Four also happens to just, like, occur on Earth and, like, Mm -hmm. all this other stuff. It's just, like, so I understand now that, like, this is what they're doing is we're gonna pull in these new characters, but they're gonna come from different places, like, through the multiverse. Maybe there's another multiverse where, like, the Avengers don't exist, but the Fantastic Four do, and they're the ones that have, like, protected Earth for a while, and now they're gonna mm-hmm. come through and connect with all these other characters that we've been following. So, it's kind of cool to have the idea that, like, they uh, everything that they've set up f- since 2008 with Iron Man, um, and the entire saga that we've seen the Avengers go through uh, since then, and all the Marvel, Marvel characters, um, that could have also been happening and other characters elsewhere in the multiverse have been developing and then we meet them not at their origin point but mm-hmm. at some sort of fully formed version of themselves. Yeah. Uh, which is neat because we don't need to get like a million more origin stories where mm-hmm. we explain why these people exist and where they came from. We just want to see, you know, the Fantastic Four come and hang yeah. out with the Guardians or whoever. And um, another thing you mentioned earlier was America Chavez. It didn't seem like you knew a lot about her. I know nothing about her. America Chavez is cool. Uh, she's, like, part of the Young Avengers, which is, like, a thing that it seems like they're setting up with a lot of these Disney Plus shows. Right, like She-Hulk and, uh, Well, Ms. not Marvel. She-Hulk, more like Spider-Man and Ms. Marvel and, uh, Wanda's kids. Timmy mm. and Tommy. Oh, and even, um, uh, like Kid Loki. Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, Kate Bishop yeah, and Kate Hawkeye. Bishop. So, yeah, it seems like that's where we're headed next, is, like, a Young Avengers type thing. And America Chavez is on that team. Uh, she's queer, which is cool, and it sounds like they're not going to, like, cut that part of her character to, like, appease censors, which is awesome. Um, her power is basically multiverse. Like, she can open portals shaped like stars and jump into a different multiverse. Oh, wow. So, it seems like that's so how we're like going to... It seems like she's kind of the MacGuffin or, like, the, like, the guide. key to yeah. this movie. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We didn't really talk about Wanda at all. It definitely seems like this is a direct like follow-up to WandaVision. Totally, but I just don't know where her story's going. I do love... It seems like she could potentially be 
at least a little bit antagonistic. Like, mm -hmm. it does seem like she's upset that, you know, Doctor Strange is being heralded as a, as a hero for doing what he had to do with the multiverse and bending reality mm -hmm. to save the whole situation with Peter Parker and, and No Way Home. And then she says, like, it's not fair that if I do the same thing, I'm, like, a villain and I'm antagonized. So mm -hmm. maybe she's, like, and she is, in the footage, she's the one that we see fighting both Captain Carter and it looks like also Monica Rambeau's, like, Captain yeah. Marvel. So, uh, Photon, yeah. She, it's kind of unclear if that is Monica Rambeau or not. No, we just see the, like, lit up yeah. version, so you can't really see who it is. Other but... theories say that's Tom Cruise Iron Man. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, it seems like that makes sense because Monica Rambeau, like, gets her powers in WandaVision, so uh, it feels like that would, like, track. A natural progression. But, yeah, I mean, maybe it is Tom Cruise Iron Man, who <laughs> fucking knows? I don't know. Also, it's cool, like, the sentry guards that are, like, carrying Doctor Strange in the Illuminati look a lot like Ultron, so maybe, like, it, Iron Man built this Ultron and it's a good Ultron now. Oh, wow. I don't know. Uh, so many things could happen. I feel like this also, always happens Also, there's tentacle with, monsters. Yeah, this always happens <laughs> with Marvel, which is, like... You know, in the weeks and months leading up to the movie, fans come up with, like, a million different theories that could happen. And then only, like, whatever, 10% of them end up actually being That's in the true. movie. And all the fans but, go, where was Tom Cruise? But it's still going to be dope. <laughs> and after what we saw, like, we know Marvel can pull off these ambitious crossovers because No Way Home was done, like, pretty flawlessly. Mm -hmm. They did such a great job integrating these characters together and pulled off a lot of awesome, mind-blowing surprises. Even though we, like, we knew... But we didn't know, but we hoped and we manifested yeah. that this would happen. And uh, they pulled it off without a hitch, really, in my opinion. And so I'm really excited to see what they do with this Multiverse yeah. of Madness uh, movie. I just hope that it still feels fresh after we just saw Multiverse stuff, after we just saw ambitious like character crossover in No Way Home. I hope that this still feels like, oh, they're still doing something fresh and new and adding to it. Not just like, let's do No Way Home, but with Doctor Strange this yeah. time. I don't know. I feel like having wanda as such a like central element of the story is like what makes it more compelling because like she's a character you want to see what happens next to right? yeah and wanda's emotional arc like matters so much to me mm -hmm. after wandavision before wandavision i didn't really care about the wandavision like wanda and vision not wandavision arc in like the avengers movies mm -hmm. um but that series was just done so well it's probably my favorite of the disney plus series if i really came down to it. I like mm -hmm. Loki a lot too. Um, but unraveling that mystery and seeing like everything that was put into her, I think she like carries so much of the emotional weight of yeah. MCU right now. And so that is, mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. I'm really hoping to see mm -hmm. a lot of resolution and like catharsis coming from that character yeah. arc too. Yeah. I think it's cool that like Marvel isn't doing big team up movies anymore, right? There's like not an Avengers movie on the docket. Like, of course they're going to do one in the future, right? But we don't know when it is or what it's going to be called or anything like that. So they've turned, like, their standalone movies into event movies. Like, Spider-Man No Way Home was an event movie, but it was also just Spider-Man 3. Right. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is, like, being an event movie, right? But it's just Doctor Strange 2. Like, totally. that would not have happened, like, even five years yeah, ago. Yeah, because they're shifting their smaller scale stories to their Disney Plus series, where it's like, oh, this is, like, a condensed, like, Hawkeye plot mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, that previously movie would have been, like the Hawkeye movie, but now it's just a series mm -hmm. and they're pulling all the big like crossover stuff to the big screen, yeah. which is really cool. I, I really like that. And I mean, we're seeing it also with Thor and all the other stuff. That's yeah. Cause Thor's with the guardians the now. Come out. Um, so that's cool. And I think that's a, that's a like clever way for them to be branding themselves right now, because after what we went through with the infinity saga, it's hard to just like turn around and cycle out another, like Avengers, I guess it would be Avengers five. I keep wanting yeah. Avengers four, but like, 
what does that look like after you just <laughs> did like this whole intense thing and like you won't have Iron Man or Captain America or like those those mm-hmm. people in there. But it's also like smart doing it like that all these movies are events because if this was just like actually Doctor Strange 2 and he's like I gotta fight another demon from another world yeah. and it's just me and Wong. I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah, but it makes it like you can't miss this. Exactly. Like you're, it's, right? a, it's a linchpin in the MCU. In the like, saga. You have to see it to see the culmination and where they're going to go next. Yeah. I mean, imagine watching, I don't know, Black Panther 2 without seeing Doctor Strange 2. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I'm joking. Black Panther 2. <laughs> Uh, but How's I don't know. the one that I'm looking forward to follow up with was I finally saw Eternals and I've been kind of waiting like I was more impressed with it than I thought I would be and now I'm like when is that follow up going to happen because it seemed like the reception was lukewarm mm-hmm. and they set up some stuff at the end that I'm like when's that going to come through yeah not in Doctor Strange two probably no nope. but <laughs> and you know it, I don't know that's interesting to think about because they've announced Shang Chi's getting a sequel. But, but they've been about quiet Eternals? about Eternals. Yeah, how are they going to pull him in? I mean, spoiler alert for the post credit scene of Eternals, but... Harry Styles! When are we going to see him in the MCU? I thought you were talking about Marshall Ali. <laughs> I mean, yes, that too. But, um... And even Patton Oswalt's little fucking guy. I didn't like him. He <laughs> well, looked ugly. He looked ugly, but I like Patton Oswalt, so I'm excited for the character. That's true. <laughs> well... Let's let's step aside. We could talk Marvel for hours. Yes, they've given us hours and hours of content, and they will continue to do so. And our conversation could go. And I the will same consume route. it. Yeah, I'm gonna see it all. I'm sorry. I like amusement park rides. Doesn't mean I also don't like cinema. Sorry, Marty. I don't know. <laughs> I you can it, there art can be different, right? There are different types of art. Let's just leave it at that. Another type of art. That's similar to Doctor Strange, because it's like a popcorn action film. Franchise IP. Is Dinosaur Island number six. I think you mean Jurassic World Dominion. That is what I mean. Do, 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 do. Okay, Jurassic World Dominion. This one's directed by Colin Trevorrow. He did Jurassic World. Didn't do the last one, but he's coming back for the third. Um... And he's also directed, like, The Book of Henry and, like, one other Safety movie. Safety Not Guaranteed. Um, Book of Henry's bad. He Safety was, Not Guaranteed is good. He was going to direct uh, Star Wars 6 before they dropped Star him. Star Wars 9. Or Star Wars 9 is what I meant. Uh, whatever it was called. Rise of Skywalker. Um, but they dropped him for J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, if it's better well, or worse because of that. They dropped him, like, the rumor is because Book of Henry was so bad. Oh, jeez. Like, Book of Henry is wild. Have you seen that movie? Like, they, they like, got him on board to direct it, and then they went back and watched his movie, no, and they no. were like, never they mind. No, no, they hired him to direct it after Jurassic World, oh, and then he Book made of Book of Henry, Henry and then after Book of Henry, he did not have the job Ooh, anymore. that's crazy. Well, I haven't seen it, but it's I don't know. It's crazy. Listeners, take a, wa- take a watch and let me know what you think. But I thought he did a great job with Jurassic World. I was like, okay, here's the thing with Jurassic World. Oh, yeah, and this one's starring, you know, all the people, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are coming back from Jurassic World. And, of course, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum are coming back from the original Jurassic Park. And it comes out on June 10th. That's and, my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Melissa. Um, I don't think she'll want to go see this for her birthday. She'll want to do something else. Mm-hmm. But we can go maybe later that weekend. Okay, sounds good. Um, Jurassic World... I was talking to Ryan earlier, not on the podcast. These are kind of like my Fast and Furious movies. Like, Ooh. are some of them not very good? Most Absolutely. of them. But do I still get hyped every time one comes out and, like, love going to see them? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I just think Dinosaurs and Jurassic Park, particularly, like, the way they do them, is so cool. I mean, the original movie just holds up so fucking well. 
because of the incredible way that Spielberg did all the practical effects. Uh, Jurassic World, even, I thought was, like, pretty good. Fallen Kingdom, the plot is maybe a little weak, and there's some weird things that they choose to do that I'm they just like, They go to Dino okay. Mansion. But, like, there are some sequences in there that are, like, legitimately super thrilling. Like, some of the most exciting yeah. scenes I've seen in the oh. movie, like, in theaters. So... There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad caught up in the Jurassic World franchise and that's or in Jurassic, Jurassic franchise, I guess. World and Dino place. Um, and that's just kind of how it is. But honestly, where they've led to with Dominion, where essentially the premise of this movie now is like the dinosaurs now have free roam. Like they're On just all of Earth. ingratiated into the ecosystem of Earth. And there's like fishermen at sea with dinosaurs in the water and planes and pterodactyls are flying side by side and people that are just walking through the streets of like it looks like a european like, like villa Rome or something are just like having raptors running through there like that's fucking bonkers and i love it so much Dude, it's so hype. it's so cool um the like more like detailed plot trailer for this movie that doesn't just set that tone show that like early in the movie it looks like uh owen grady Blue's got a like, baby we see that blue has a baby raptor that then gets like taken by something um, or some organization, probably. You know, they always make the evil biotech it's like corporations a, the villain. Whoever Vincent um, D'Onofrio was working for in yeah. Jurassic World 1. Well, I think actually what they're setting up is there's like two competing companies. And like oh. my headcanon is like maybe this other company took the, that raptor because they're trying to compete with like... But no one's making money off of it anymore because they're just animals in the wild. So I don't know what the what the like well, real like, money-making opportunity is. What they were trying to do in is, Jurassic but... World 1 was like turn them into like military weapons, weapons right? maybe trying to do the same so, thing like, again you, could, you don't have to make money like off of them but like i mean you always make money in war right yeah that's true yeah maybe it's like now that dinosaurs are everywhere who can like tame and like control them the best or like produce more of them to mm-hmm. be used as military weapons but the detail of the trailer like the details of the plot like that doesn't really matter to me. I'm here to see the big dinosaurs smash through the windows and to see all the humans run away and I, what I love about Jurassic Park is it's, like, this perfect mixture of, like, a thriller horror, almost, and, like, action-adventure, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dinosaurs as the villain, they're not meant to be, like, yeah, they're scary, like, I don't want to get eaten by a dinosaur, I'm running for my life, but there's also, like, this power and this, like, majesty that they have to them, like, they're, you have, like, they're so f- fearsome that you have to respect them, and so it's kind of, like, this weird thing where you're, like, this is terrifying, but also I have no choice but to kind of be, like, in awe and, like, astonished by, like, the fact that I'm seeing dinosaurs living and breathing in front of my eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, like, does a really good job striking this tone or the, you know, like, the whole franchise has done this. I don't know. I haven't seen Dominion yet. But they always strike this tone of, like, this is a thrilling action adventure that, like, you're fearing for your life. But also, how cool is it that it, you're doing it with a dinosaur and not, like, some other random horror monster yeah. or whatever? And I feel like Colin Trevorrow understands that. Because, like, Jurassic World, like, had respect for Jurassic Park and things that came before. But it knew what kind of movie it was trying to be. It knew it was just going to be, like, a big crowd-pleasing action-adventure, like, movie with dinosaurs. And I'm excited that he's going to come back and do the same thing again. But this time, Chris Pratt gets to ride his motorcycle in Italy and run away from the Raptors. Yeah. That shot looked cool. Yeah. It looked like it was right out of like a James Bond movie. Oh, totally. It's a James Bond movie, but instead of a... But there's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's so cool. I love that it's expanded to be able to shoot in like different locations. Like we have like a snowy, icy climate and then like the European climate. One of the sequences that, look, that I love in the trailer, it looks like Bryce Dallas Howard is like getting away from a dinosaur in like the Redwoods and she's like Ooh. trying to like slink through this like 
gross puddle kind of thing to like stay low and get away from the dinosaur without him smelling and seeing her um it's it's so freaking cool i just love Mm. all those sequences where it's like oh dinosaurs are just like the coolest villains and also sometimes they get to be the heroes like dinosaurs can sometimes like when the freaking mosasaurus (laughs) eats the dinosaur in the first jurassic world movie that shit's bonkers and it's so fun yeah i think it'll be a great time in the theater well, do I think it's going to be a great movie? I don't know, but I know I'm going to enjoy watching it. Yes, this one's definitely going to be amusement park ride that I'm along for the ride on. I mean, I'm I stoked. love the actual amusement park ride Jurassic World. I do too. It's so good. <laughs> Universal Studios Hollywood has me hyped, and I love it. Also, they sell good Bahama Mamas oh, over there. I like do. that Bahama Mama. It's great. Um. Oh, it's game time. It is game time because we've already talked about Doctor Strange two and Jurassic World Dominion, which are going to be two. Big movies this summer. Um, and something that we've done on this podcast the last couple of years... We've only done it once, actually. We didn't do it last year, and we did it two years ago, I guess? Yeah, because well, last, last year it was like COVID the COVID time. era. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this well, I guess our... we didn't do it in 21 or 20, so we only did it in 2019, must have. Yeah, uh, but it's a throwback to the OG preview Now that days. it seems like we're going to have a consistent movie release schedule over the summer, what Ryan and I like to do is now in May... Uh, we are, we're recording this before the start of May, so it's, you know, totally kosher. May is literally, like, two days away, Tyler. But we're recording it before May. We're recording it before the first big May release. That's true, we're that's not true, doing it. We don't have any prior info. Because what we're going to try and do is see, we're each going to rank our list of which movies that get released between May and August um, are going to make the most money. We're going to give you our top ten, what we think the top ten Highest grossing summer blockbuster films will be domestically by the end of the summer. This ha- this is domestic gross. Well, Ram will give you all the like yeah. okay. info on the Let's box go. office stuff because he knows all that stuff. Okay, so basically, what we're trying to do is pick the top ten highest grossing films of the summer. Um, the summer movie season is defined as May first to uh, Labor Day weekend. So that's basically May, June, July, August. And it's so, like the first weekend of September, but nothing is really coming up. Yeah, so this year. From that pool of movies, we choose 10 of those movies that we think are going to perform financially well. And then we rank them on how well we think they're going to perform financially. Like from 1 to 10, which Mm -hmm. movie's going to make the most money, second most, and so on and so forth. And we're only counting the domestic gross, which includes North America and Canada for some reason. Canada's in North America. Or not North America. It's just... U.S. It doesn't count Mexico. But not Mexico. Yes. Which is weird, right? Not Um, North America, but just the U.S. and Canada. Just the northern part of North America. (laughs) Um, But... Um, so none of the international box office will count towards this. So nothing that like comes out in yeah. Europe or Asia, yeah. but this is that money. This is just part one of the game where we're going to give our top 10, our prediction for what the top 10 will be. Then we'll revisit this later, probably towards the end of September. Once the last movie on our list has left theaters, that way we can measure it up and see what the top 10 actually is. And we'll score our lists based mm-hmm. on that. We'll get points for if the movies in the top 10 are on our list. And also if we have them in the right place, like, the number one movie is number one, or the number ten movie is number ten. Exactly. Um, so how do you want to do this, Tyler? Do you want to go back and forth? Like, I think we should go back and forth starting with ten. I was thinking exact same thing. Okay, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, at the number ten slot, I think the tenth highest grossing of the summer will be Boz Lerman's Elvis. Okay. It's a, it's a musical biopic. Uh, those usually have legs. Either they, either they, like, have legs and make a decent amount of money or they flop hard so that's why it's at number 10 for yeah me. that's great 
I I gotta be honest, there was like several of these that I felt were a shoe in for this list, and then by the time I hit number 10, I felt like I was scraping the bottom of the barrel. So oh, yeah. this is a shot in the dark. I'm hoping that just the very sake that this movie is getting made means that there's an audience out there for it that's gonna carry it and at least get some money invested into it. Um, it's the Bob's Burgers movie. I have that at nine. So I'm putting that at number 10, hoping that the audience for the TV show will show up in the theaters. Um, I think it's also very, accept- like a lot of people can enjoy Bob's Burgers. You know, it yeah. doesn't feel like it's very pigeonholed into like a niche category. Maybe people that don't really watch animated movies won't run out to go see this. But for the most part, like it reaches pretty much everybody. Like I even think like, you know, kids like 10 and up will probably yeah. like this movie. And like, so for kids 10 and up, it seems like something like, Ooh, maybe I'm not supposed to watch this, but it's fine. Yeah, it's kind but of like, like pushing the boundaries a little bit. But like they'll like it because it's like, ooh, a maybe. little bit edgy, yeah, little sneaky. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I have think... that. You have that at ten. I have that at nine. Okay, great. So then I guess that's your nine. My number nine is going to another animated movie. This one I don't think is going to be as good, but I think just what it is, it's going to ever make money. It's DC League of Super Pets. That's my number eight. We've got... Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm wondering... Oh, well, I guess that makes sense now. Yeah, I think DC League of Super Pets will make money. It's The Rock and Kevin Hart buddy you can't comedy. bet against The Rock. Make you can't it, do it. You know, make it animated, you know, animated comedy. I think it loses points. I would put it higher if The Rock, if it was a live action movie, mm-hmm. but nobody sees it's The Rock. You have to know it's The Rock yeah. by his voice, which isn't hard, but also... Anim- like, you know, DC does Secret Life of Pets is like... No, no, no. Or, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's like right. kind of that yeah, basic that idea, vibe, right? Yeah. Like, what if... Like, what if Superman's like, what dog... If pets, but they were also superheroes, exactly. you know? Um, so, I think it'll do fine. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not expecting it to win the summer, but that's why I have it at number nine. Yeah. Checks so that... out that it's at your number eight, because my number eight is Elvis. Oh, so our so bottom three Buzz are just the same. a little bit higher. Um, I do think this is going to reach a wide mar- market. I think Buzz Lerman has, like, a, a good approach to, like, doing really stylish and, like, mm-hmm. things that will just grab people's attentions. And I know, like, there's a good market for old people that go see matinees that are going to go want to see the Elvis biopic. And Tom Hanks' America's Sweetheart is in it. So yes. they're going to be, like, even though he has this weird accent, I want to go see the Tom Hanks movie about Elvis, you know? Mm-hmm. We know that old people will show up for Elvis. We just saw, like, a community theater play yeah, about Elvis. Yeah, it was basically Elvis. like a jukebox musical, but just because Elvis and other, like, old musicians were not in it, but, like, they were being portrayed in it. Like, people loved it. People were walking out being like, wow, that was an amazing show. And Tyler and I looked at each other and were like, that was, like... It was fine. It was, like, a C-plus at best. It was impressive the way the actors portrayed the characters, but, like... The plot of the movie, uh, the, of the play, wasn't really, like, important. It was just yeah. an excuse for these actors to do impressions of these other, uh, exactly you know, um, existing artists. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, a reason I have Elvis lower than those last two movies is the family aspect of it. Like, families aren't going to go see Elvis, but families will go see DC Pets, right? That's uh, true. Uh, also, like, Elvis seems to cater towards an older audience, who has been slower to return to the theater post-COVID. Yeah, that's also true. So. I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. I do think if Elvis, like, it's going to depend on word of mouth. Like you said, like, it could flop and people would be like, it's not good. Don't go see it. But if all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Like, you, I really enjoyed the performances and the music's fun. Then I think it'll, like, attract a wider audience, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it kind of go either way. Yeah. Um, my number seven is Jordan Peele's next movie, Nope. 
That's my number seven as well. Let's go. This is not like you, I'm a little bit nervous because it's not going to bring the family to the theater. Horror and this type of horror and you and know it's rated Jordan, R. Jordan Peele's like style and the uh, even just like the commentary he's been known to put in his movies. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't attract a wide audience, but his movies are so fucking good that this one will make money. I feel like, like us made a bunch of money. I feel like even I might go see this more than once. Like I'm gonna really, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I think there's like a solid uh, group. Of, like there are people that I know of that are more excited to see Nope than they are to see any of the other movies on my top 10 mm-hmm. list. So I know like there's not a huge audience for it, but the audience that's ready for it is like super, super ready for it. Yeah. So, so I think this could make a decent, uh, you know, turn out the box office and mm-hmm. I think it, it'll be a number. And seven. also like, uh, we've seen before when you make a movie starring like a marginalized group of people or like a minority group of people, that minority group will show up yeah, to the box they, office. They, they their up. money counts just the same as anyone else's money and like look black panther made a bunch of money and shang chi made a bunch of money because those minority groups felt represented yeah totally so i feel like jordan peele's got that going for him too yeah i mean those groups don't feel represented like to go see elvis they're exactly, gonna go see right? nope yeah yeah i mean 100%. you could see both but there's a difference i'm in... gonna see both but yeah I'm... do you feel represented by elvis <laughs> i mean not really Me i can't either. sing so <laughs> Um, All right, well, that's both our number sevens. What's your number six, then? Uh, my number six is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. Uh, my number six is also about a scrappy pilot. I've got Pixar's Lightyear. Oh, Lightyear. On my number six. Okay. I have Top Gun here because uh, it's a legacy sequel. Uh, people seem to have a fond memory for uh, Top Gun. Tom Cruise, he's hit or miss sometimes. Like, Sometimes his movies like are do gangbusters, get lots of money. Sometimes they don't, so that's why I kind of threw him in the middle. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I think Lightyear will do well. I mean, people love the Toy Story movies. They made four of them. I love um, the Toy Story movies. I'm people. Exactly. I saw all four. Of and them. this one also, you know, breaks it out a little bit more to like, you know, we got Chris Evans in the leading role. It's a, it looks like a little bit more like a, you know, it's not a Toy Story movie. It's doing a little bit more like a martian almost like yeah sci-fi space like adventure um i think this movie will do pretty well and again like it caters to the family exactly um so uh so you're... you'll see Lightyear on my list later down the road though. all right well what's, no, your, what's number five? your number five number five i have thor love and thunder okay uh i think this movie will do well but i think it being so close to dr strange it comes out in july dr strange comes out in may I feel like that might hurt it a little bit mm. because if you look at those two movies, one is obviously more attractive to a larger group of people. And, totally. um, I feel like, and it seems like, like Dr. Strange has more like importance within the yeah. MCU itself. Like too. if you're only going to see Thor one Marvel just movie, the next, just the next like yeah. chapter of Thor's story, you know? Yeah. If you could only see one Marvel movie this summer, like you're probably picking Dr. Strange. So that's yeah. why I have Thor this far down my list yep. it's at number five yep. but i still think it looks incredible and i'm excited i'm yep. gonna go see it my number five is your number six i've got top gun maverick right yeah. here i think for the reasons you listed tom cruise is a big face he's gonna drive the the uh boomer and the gen x crowd to the theater mm-hmm. to go see this people remember the original especially here in san diego people love the original because it was filmed here i i can't go anywhere without reference people referencing top gun on like the beach and shit like beach volleyball Danger People talk about Top Gun. You know, it's just what it is. It's part of the culture. I've never seen Top Gun. <laughs> I've never seen the original either. Whoa. Oh, no, I have seen the original. I just don't really, like, remember it. Okay. Um. 
Three. It's like played at like a like scouting event that I went to one time. And Maybe they, like, we'll have to do a double feature. And we'll watch it and then but go see Maverick. That could be fun. But I know people love that the original movie. And yeah, I think it'll do pretty well. But I don't like if this was a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie, I'd have it higher. So what's your number four, Ryan? Uh, my number four is your number six. My number four is Lightyear. Uh, for all the reasons you listed, the Toy Story love. Um, I think family movies do really well at the box office, especially during the summer when the kids are home and parents just need to, like, here's the money, go see a Star War. Yeah. Uh, here's the money, go see a Lightyear, yeah. right? So I think it'll drive people. It'll also drive, like, the millennial yeah. crowd, Lightyear right? Lightyear is good it. for, like, the, like, older kid slash, like, tween crowd, really. Uh-huh. Um, it's like you, I'd feel comfortable like going to see, like sending like my middle schooler to go see that by themselves. Mm-hmm. I would like, I don't need to bring like my littlest kids to that, you know? Exactly. Um, something that I think people will bring their littlest, littlest kids to and it'll make so much money. Minions, the rise of Gru is at my number four slot. Ooh, that's my number three. Okay. It's thinning out. And I think we're going to have the same no- top two. For Probably. Sure. Well, but there's only two it's left, already right? thinning out. <laughs> um, but yeah, Minions, the rise of Gru is going to make a lot of money because parents are going to take their little kids to go see it or gosh maybe even the boomers that make all the minions facebook memes will just go by themselves Ooh, they're gonna but, go see hey how come that one's not telling me about gun rights unfortunately this movie will make a lot of money and you know what i mean the humor in the despicable me movies is not that bad i don't care for the minions but this one at least has like baby grew that seems like maybe a little bit redemptive i don't know i don't, I don't want to knock Have it all the way down minions but one? i'm like not really into it no of course not i watched minions but that one, one didn't have Gru. it did oh it did He's at the end. At the end. But this one's like about Gru, right? So maybe it has a little bit more... I don't know. Of that, like... I like the first two Despicable Me movies. Even the third one's not that bad. I haven't... I watched the first two Despicable Me movies, and then Minions came out. A teeny tiny toilet! I watched Minions, and the Despicable Me 3 came out after Minions, and I said, I'm done with this franchise. (laughs) Throw it in the garbage. So I watched the first three... But people love it. The giant Minions at Universal Studios Hollywood. You can't deny it. It's everywhere. I kind of do like the Minion ride at Universal. It's not that good. I like that... I like the love of the family. But that's not in Minions. Yeah. Um, so that's my number three. What's your number three? My number three was lower on your list. I think this one will do pretty well. Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm holding out. I think people are excited to see it. If it was another Thor movie that, you know, I think people loved Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. but Ragnarok also kind of started that trend. Like it also had the Hulk in there and Mm -hmm. it like had like ties to other Marvel stuff. Now also the Guardians are in there. So this is kind of like getting like a new Guardians movie and a new Thor movie together. People love these franchises and, or, you know, these pieces of the MCU franchise. Yeah. And I think people are going to be really excited for it. I think it won't do as well as the other MCU stuff, Doctor Strange in particular, mm-hmm. because there's already commentary about blah, 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 Now, uh, Natalie Portman, female Thor representation. It doesn't misogyny. Captain, Mar- or Captain Marvel still made a billion dollars. Whatever. Like, like, we get that shit for Captain Marvel. It won't have the super, like toxic incel loyalist mcu crowd to go see it but i think people loved ragnarok and the way that it revitalized and kind of brought like new energy to the thor movies mm-hmm. and i i see like that also bringing a lot of vitality to the new one as well yeah. so i think love and thunder will be a number three yeah the only reason i have minions and Lightyear ahead of it is that family crowd that i was talking about earlier totally. like yeah i feel like more families are going to go see minions than are going to see thor yeah that so. makes sense um so we have the same Should top we say two, yeah? two at the same time Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion. Dominion. The dinos are going to make all the money. They're going to make so many, you know, bones. Ooh. Uh-huh. Money and dino pun. 
But they are no match for the number one movie of the summer. Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange in the Multiverse, in the multiverse of, Madness. of Madness. It's going to be gangbusters. It's going to make so much money. I don't know. To, my other thing, this doesn't matter because it's not a summer movie for our list in this game. But will it beat No Way Home? No, I don't know. it will not. Spider-Man had so much hype. But people love Spider-Man. But this is also, like, so much crossover from the rest of the MCU. There will, it's not going to even come close. Well, but it'll do well. It'll Spider-Man do very well. Is and I'm beloved. pretty sure it's going to be number one. I went back and forth, actually. Like, just before I got over to your place, I had Jurassic World at number one. Mm. I was going back and I forth. But I landed on... of Fallen Kingdom not being that good is going to hurt it. Whereas, like... Doctor Strange is coming off of some really strong Marvel content lately. Yes. That I think will propel That's what it forward. I had the same thought process, but what was holding me back for the longest time before I made that final switch was Doctor Strange 1 only made, like, only made, it only made $700 million, mm-hmm. but both Jurassic World movies made over a billion. Oh, wow. That's also true. Yeah. But I don't know how much of those are international numbers. I don't know how much or worldwide numbers. Yeah, that's numbers. the total gross, right? Yeah. So that, international. So I, Jurassic, I don't know the breakdown. The Jurassic stuff probably has a wider appeal internationally than the MCU stuff does. It's, so. Well, MCU has a pretty broad appeal, actually. Yeah, but Jurassic World is like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It has world in the title. It's You're for right. the whole world. And the other thing is this new one is they go a legacy countries. sequel. Oh, legacy sequel. So it's bringing back the original characters of the Jurassic Parks. So that could motivate a little bit. Like, eh, I wasn't a fan of the first two, but Laura Dern's in this one. I'm fucking in, you know? Dude, honestly, Laura Dern is a song. Laura guy. Dern's the best. Okay, this is a Laura Dern stand account. Well, those are our lists. They're locked in, and we'll see you again. Well, I mean, we'll have more episodes before then. But we'll revisit this in an episode in September-ish. Um, and see what the actual top 10 movies of the summer mm-hmm. are. Hopefully, it'll be a mixture of these 10. We had all the same movies. That's, I, I think... We're, I, it's because we're like, screaming the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. It's like, realistically... Well, with the I last would be three. very shocked if, like, another movie came in. I mean, maybe there'll be a surprise coming in for, like, number 10 or 9. Like, I can some see other movie gets really good reviews, and all of a sudden everybody goes to see it, and it gets a boost. But I think for the most part, especially, like, the top Five. 70% of this list yeah. is pretty locked in, and we'll just have to see how... Things line up, and our lists are very similar. We don't even have too many discrepancies between no, not really. uh, placements, so mm-hmm. it'll have to do with how good Thor: Love and Thunder does, because I have a uh-huh. significantly and higher Elvis. than you do. And then the bottom three, we uh-huh. were mismatched, so we'll see how the bottom half shakes out. Yeah, but um, yeah, who knows? Um, best of luck to you, good sir. You as well. You never know. Speaking you of have... sir, oh, you mean sir? I called you sir because we're both men human which also no not human men oh males yeah like men oh that's the name of the movie i'm trying to talk about next oh xy chromosomes yeah men the new movie from alex garland oh ex machina and annihilation uh this one comes out on may 20th and this stars jesse buckley rory kinnear papa esiedu and gail rankin um Pretty small cast here. We pretty much only see like a couple people in the trailer. It's not a this huge This trailer is weird, cast. dude. It's a weird ass trailer, but I'm also very excited for this movie. Um, What's it about? I don't really know. It looks like it's this young British woman played by Jessie Buckley who's moving like to, to the stay countryside. in this estate in the countryside kind of thing. Uh, you know, the person sh- like that is inviting her in is like, oh, like, are you a m- Mrs. Like, kind of like, where's your husband type of thing? And she goes through this whole backstory of like, oh, like he went up onto our balcony and he let him like basically committed suicide in front of her. Um, and so now like, she doesn't really know why, but then this like super problematic religious leader who's also played by the guy 
that's hosting her in the manor, but they're like different characters, but it's the same actor, uh, does this like super stupid thing and saying like, why did you drive him to commit suicide? Yeah, that's fucked and up. And it's basically evolves that she's going through this town and has a bunch of like crazy, gross, problematic, and terrifying interactions with the different men in the town. And really, we don't even see another woman in the trailer besides her. It's just her inter- interactions mm-hmm. with a bunch of different men in the town. And at first, it's, like, just kind of gross stuff like them, like, kind of discounting her, saying that she might be being stalked or kind of making, like, rude, inappropriate jokes that, yeah. like, don't really make sense. But then, all of a sudden, there's, like, a bloody man in her kitchen or, like, some random, like, crazy shit that we're seeing. And we're, like... Like, people chasing oh, like, her. She's running. She's actually in danger from these men. It's not just, like, they're being yeah inconsiderate to her. They're, like, a very real physical threat to her. So, I don't know what to make of any of this. The kind of back half of the trailer is a lot of very quick shots. And quick cuts. we don't see a lot of, like, thorough exposition or know what's going on. But, honestly, that makes me all the more excited for it. I thought... Ex Machina and Annihilation, hit, uh, Alex Garland's other two films are really incredible and they do a mm-hmm. lot of great, like, surprising things. Yeah. So I don't really want to know a lot about this movie before I sit my butt in the seat to watch it in the theater. I just want to go watch it and experience it for what it is. So yep. I'm excited. The performances look really cool. Uh, Jesse Buckley seems like she's doing a great job. Um, I love what they're doing with this Rory Kinnear actor playing multiple characters in the movie. So it's kind of like, you know, the face of evil, like... There's one face of evil, but it takes many different forms, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels almost, like, allegorical a little bit. Yeah. And how this woman is relating to the men around her, and how the threats they pose to her are, like, very different, but they're also all, like, very real, concerning threats. Yeah. Um. This movie, or this trailer, I mean, is very atmospheric. It's very vibey, right? Uh, it has, like, her echo playing all throughout the trailer. Like, she echoes at the beginning of the trailer into a cave, and you hear it for the rest of the trailer... But it builds suspense as the trailer builds and builds. And you realize, like, oh, there's actually some creepy shit going on. Like, this isn't cool. Uh, Oh, this is actually, like, a straight horror thriller movie. Like, before it was just, like, kind of a weird movie. Like, maybe an art house film. But now it's an art house horror film. Like, so it's kind of cool that the way that, even in a trailer, they can, like, build tension and, like, suspense. Um, But it does, like, this horror vibe is kind of different than, like, what Alex Garland is known for, which is more of, like, a sci-fi dude. Like, yeah. Annihilation had some, like, horror elements. Well, so did kind of Ex Machina. Yeah, like, but, like, he's going full horror a here, thriller, right? But this is, seems more of, like, a horror. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, like, just a sense of, like, isolation and, like, not seeing another woman in the trailer and it's just mm-hmm. her interactions with these men. Like, you get this sense of, like, isolation and, like, you don't really have anybody. Like, it's just kind of you against the world. Um. And so I, I, and she's in this remote countryside, which is another layer to that. Mm-hmm. So I also think the cinematography and different pieces of, like you mentioned, the sound design in the trailer, they all kind of add to building that tension. And I'm just really excited to see how this all shakes out. I can't comment anymore because the trailer gives us slim pickings. So little, uh, but it gets you with. hype. But even just knowing it's a horror thriller directed by Alex Garland, starring Jesse Buckley, I wouldn't have even had to watch the trailer to know that I'm excited to see this one. That's true, honestly. I love both of those people, and I've never seen them work together, and I'm excited to see what they make. Me too. You know who else I'm excited to see work together? Oh, because they haven't been together in a long time. It's It's Chip and Dale. The Rescue Rangers. 
Chippendale Rescue Rangers is directed by Akiva Schaefer of The Lonely Island. He's directed Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping, uh, The Watch, and Hot Rod. It comes out on Disney+. Plus. I know, weird thing for Akiva, Akiva Schaefer to be doing a Disney Plus movie, but it comes out on Disney Plus on May 20th, uh, starring John Mulaney, Andy Samberg, and a bunch of other people. Uh, Kiki Lane, Will Arnett, Eric Bana, Seth Rogen, J.K. Simmons. The list goes on. Um, uh, basically, what this movie is, is back... In like the late like the late eighties and nineties, there was a Chippendale show called Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and this movie is taking the idea of what if Chippendale were actors in that show, and what has their life been since like that show has been canceled? And they've kind of like gone separate ways. Like they broke up the band, and like and now they have to get the band back together for whatever reason. That yes. kind of classic setup, mm-hmm. almost like kind of gives me like the Muppets movie vibes. Yeah, kind of. Um. And, like, we're in, like, a Roger Rabbit-type world where, like, cartoons, like, oh, are just walking crazy. around. Anything that has ever been animated, like, could exist in real-life Los Angeles is what it seems like we're in in this film. And the Rescue Rangers were all about, like, solving a mystery and saving somebody. And that's, like, what their show is about. And now it seems like these two washed-up actors who used to play those roles are found in a situation where they have to solve a mystery and rescue somebody. Yeah, totally. The mixed animation styles that's presented, like you said, like everything that has been animated exists in this world. Um, And that comes through with also the style in which they're animated in. Like we're seeing like two dimensional like flounder from The Little Mm -hmm. Mermaid animated alongside like other commute, like modern computer CGI animated stuff. Like even like stuff that looks like out of Beowulf or like like, video game animation. Or there's a cat's reference. Yeah, the cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Even Chippendale themselves, I think. And I'm not going to know which one is which. You probably know better than I do based on the color of my nose. I don't know which one's which. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of them, Chip and Ordale, stays in like the 2D, like 80s television animated format. And then the other one has had the, they say like, the CGI, CGI operation where they're like a computer animated version of yes. Chip and Ordale. Well, and they're the, like... <laughs> the CG one's Dale. Okay, CG one's Dale? Yeah. Okay, so Chip is in 2D and... Dale is in like 3D computer yes. animation, and they're just side by side the whole movie, just like that. It's like kind of different weird, animation styles but in the I real world. It. It's giving me very much like Who Framed Roger Rabbit vibes, like very much. Uh, Roger like, Rabbit's even in the trailer. Yes, and we bring this animated world side by side, not just like a Son of the Hedgehog style. Like we're just like animating these characters, and these ones are going to be live action, like to make have it you know kind of make sense still. This is, like, just to create pure chaos. This movie feels like a fever dream, honestly. Everything's happening all at once. The jokes are flying a mile a minute. Like, it's John Mulaney and Andy Samberg voicing the chipmunks. You know they're funny. You know Akiva Schaefer from The Lonely Island's funny. It doesn't seem like something Disney would make. It doesn't. And it's relying on, like, a lot of interesting, like, commentary and, like, perspective to, like, make these jokes work. It's not just, like, your typical classic, like, Disney humor. Yeah. So it's very interesting that it's commenting on, like, the celebrity lifestyle and like all these other different things are like elements to this story that like even the first trailer is basically like not done like a straightforward trailer, but it's done almost like a featurette of like, like a newsreel. Where are they now? Yeah. These two actors, where have they gone? And it's talking about fucking Chip and Dale. It's so weird. It's so out of the box. It's so fresh. And it kind of makes me upset that they're just pushing this to Disney plus. Cause I feel like I love that Disney is, taking a leap and just like a risk, the right? island to do something like this. And I genuinely think this could be a really great animated feature film. 
Um, I love the casting of this movie. It, it just seems like it works really well. I love the style of humor that it seems like they're using and the style of the filmmaking with the animation um, is super cool. And I'm yeah. excited to see, I mean, at this point, I don't even really care what the plot is. I'm just excited for like it seems the overall fun, right? premise of, of what this movie is. And I also feel vindicated because uh, Seth Rogen voicing Pumbaa is in this movie. <laughs> yes. And but he's that... also voicing another character. Yes. But Seth Rogen Pumbaa is confirming what I've said all these years. That Lion King remake is an animated film. Yeah, it's not the live action Lion King. <laughs> but people call they it that. shoot it with a live action lion. It's people just a call different it type that. of animation. But now it's part of this animated Toon movie, and everyone will see. Yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers looks like a ton of fun. I hadn't really seen anything about it until we sat down to prep for this podcast and watched the trailers before we started recording. And now it's like kind of one of my most anticipated it's movies cool, of the year. Right? I'm super stoked to it's see It's interesting, how this plays too, because it's not all just Disney stuff. Like, they go to a convention, and they're riding My Little Ponies, and there's yeah. like somebody cosplaying as Borat yeah, in the background. Yeah, there's like a cool like mixture. And there's also like... Uh, it's not just different animation styles. It's also mixed animation and live action all blended together. Like, it's this weird melting pot. Yeah, very um, Roger Rabbit, like you said. It's, it's really cool. And honestly, this also looks like a movie that I'm glad is going to Disney Plus because it looks like you're going to get a lot out of a rewatch for this, too. Like, notice things in the background oh, yeah. and things like... Pause, I'm looking forward to rewind. being able to, like, watch this movie again and again and pick up on different jokes and visual gags that they're doing because you can definitely tell this is a movie that's going to have, like, the plot and the dialogue and the story and then so many different layers of like jokes and different mm-hmm. things and one-liners that you might miss the first time yeah. viewing it through. And it's cool that Disney's letting the Lonely Island take like some of their most beloved characters and just be like, I don't know, do whatever the fuck you want, right? Yeah, and it's not <laughs> just like, oh, Disney's making a movie and Andy Samberg happens to be doing it and Akiba Shaver happens to be directing it. The trailer straight up says like, from the minds of Disney and the Lonely Island. So it's not just like, Disney's bringing them on to, to like do this and incorporating them into the Disney structure. It's like they're partnering with the Lonely Island as a creative force to like create and synthesize something new and very different from what either yeah. of them would really do on their own. Yeah, it's not like hired hands. It's like partnership. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Chip I think and it Dale looks cool. movie in 2022, which I can't believe I'm saying. <laughs> I'm with you. No, honestly, I could believe it. I mean, I love all things animated in disney so i would have said that no matter what it's true you would even love some of the old chippendale shorts from the 40s and 50s 50s, i'm sure i mean probably i mean some of them were war propaganda (laughs) you're like i love chippendale rescue rangers with cgi pumbaa and all these like crazy references to pop culture i also love private pluto (laughs) private pluto the first chippendale short drawn animation (laughs) honestly i do love old disney shorts um and tyler did you know I came up with a whole game about these old Chippendale shorts? What? Oh. I thought I just mentioned that for no reason. Some at offhand all. comment? Well, Tyler, this game is called what did we call it? Is this a real Chippendale short or did I make it up? <laughs> That's the game. That makes a lot of sense. So what? Let me guess. You're gonna give me like a title of something and it could be a Chippendale short from, you know, the The forties or fifties and fifties. Or it's just a title that you made up. Exactly. And I have to tell you which one I think it is. Yeah. All right, let's play. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, My first title, is it real or not? This short is called Up a Tree. Up a Tree? Like puppetry without the P? No, no, no. Like Up a Tree. Like I've driven you up a tree. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I said it a little fast. Chippendale Up a Tree. Uh, Well, that's the thing. It's like, it seems on the nose, but the titles in the 40s and 50s were probably pretty on the nose. Hmm? I'm going to say it's real. 
That is real. Correct. Ring the bell. You got a point. Ding, ding, ding. ding. Nice. All right. The next title I have for you, this short is called A Few Good Nuts. Mm, I like the reference, but I don't think Disney was making A Few Good Men reference. I'm going to say it's made up. Ooh. Ring the bell again. You did it again. Ding, I ding, made ding. that one up. All right. Okay. Sorry, that was three rings. I got a little excited about that. Yeah, you only have two points so far. Okay. Ding, ding. Thank you. All right. This next one's called Crazy Over Daisy. Ooh, this is a good one. I like the rhyme. I like the reference to another Disney character. This one's real. It is real. You're really good at this game. Ding, ding, ding. Or am I just really bad at writing titles? No, I I love the fake out one. I just, you know, deductive reasoning. Exactly. Okay. Uh, This next short is called Pluto's Christmas Tree. Mm, this could go either way. It feels very specific. I'm going to say it's real. It is real. Wow. Here th- we go. I think I've seen this one too. It's like they Chippendale live in the tree that Pluto wants to use. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah I've seen that for mm-hmm. sure. Or at least like a clip of it or yeah. something. Well, I don't know how long these are anyways. They're probably, probably like, like a couple minutes. Yeah. They're maybe like four minutes long. Okay, so I have four points. Yeah. Am I going to get a perfect score? We'll see. Have I ever gotten a perfect score on a preview review game before? I don't know. Does that say something more about you or more about me? Too many we'll hours of out. content here. Art. <laughs> All right, the next title is called Astro Nuts. Space one? Nah, not real. Ooh, you're correct. It's fake. I made it up. Wow, here we go. All right, give me the perfect score. Let's get the last title. I'm going to get it. All right, this one's called... Donald's lawnmower. Oh, again, specific. But I think it's kind of like a Christmas tree one. Like characters, noun, object. I'm going to say it's not real. It is not real. Yay! <laughs> you did it! A six perfect six. score! <sighs> Number one victory, Mario! Wow! Okay, here, uh, I just wanted to run something past you. I, I wrote some, some other of the titles. If I said these... Like, these are all real titles, but do you think I would have made these up? Like, if I told you, Working for Peanuts. Mm, yeah, I think you could have made that one up. Oh, uh, it was real. I should have used it. Uh, what about... This one I just thought was funny. Donald Apple Corps. Oh, I would have never guessed that one's real. <laughs> but wow. it, it, I feel like it, I didn't include that one because it seemed way too specific. Like, like how, how could would my mind that? Yeah, exactly. That, right? <laughs> Only some, like, coked-out Disney exactly. animators. Donald Apple Corps! <laughs> What about corn chips? <laughs> no way. It's such a weird title. That's so weird. <laughs> Those were like the weirdest titles. I was like, mm. I can't include them. They're too weird. He would have known them instantly. But you knew them no matter what I chose. Wow. Got I can't believe I got a perfect score. Big Chip and Dale though. brain. Nice well, work. I guess so. I don't know. It was more like, honestly, I used more about my knowledge about who you are than <laughs> Chip and Dale. Big but... Ryan Toon brain. <laughs> <laughs> Did he make that up? I don't know. It's also, you know, there are 50-50 chances in all of them, so That's it's not true, really it's that true. big. It's not nah, like I it's like, impressive. came up with them. It's an accomplishment. If you had an quiz of, like, which Chippendale shirt was released in 1945? Like, Out of these five. Yeah. It was Donald Applecore. <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> I don't even give you multiple choice. You just have to tell me. Yeah, like, I have no idea. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Congratulations Thanks on so your number one victory royale. Thank you. I feel great. I can go to bed happy tonight knowing that i got a perfect score on our game it's true if you had gotten uh five out of six you would have gotten a bad sad well i think that brings us to the end of today's episode but before we sign off ryan we need to know as we ask at the end of every episode of preview review 
which of the trailers we talked about today was your favorite, and which movie we talked about today are you most excited to see when it comes out? Go! Uh, my favorite trailer was Men. I thought the suspense, and the, like it really drew me in. Like Everything about the trailer, I want to know more about it. Um, but the movie I'm most excited to see is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, because I'm a Marvel fanboy. I like it. I respect it. My favorite trailer just happened to be Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, I fun. thought I loved the tastes and the scrumptious tastes they were of what this world's going to look like in this movie. And it got me really excited to see this movie that I didn't really know all that much about. So um, Chippendale is my number one uh, trailer, but my number one movie is going to be Alex Garland's Men. Oh, I just can't wait for this one to come out. Doctor Strange is up there. I love it so much. Like, can't wait to see the culmination of all the MCU lore up to this point. But ultimately, I got to default to men. And nice. I really, really want to see what this movie's all about because I've loved Ex Machina and Annihilation. Yeah, they're both um, great movies. He's been, you know, he's two for two in terms of, of movies so far for me. So Bad in a hundred? That's crazy. I think he's got another banger coming up. Cooked it up with Jesse Buckley. Mm-mm. Well, Alex Garland, you are today's big winner. Yeah, with a trailer vote and a movie vote. That means, I mean... I mean, it has to be the best movie we talked about today with with that, you know? I, only if we had both movie. put both our votes on it. Well, I guess that's true, but... Because I feel like... Have we done that before? Oh, yeah. You're close, Alex. Not quite there yet. Well, not ever. I'm saying of today's episodes, I think it's like... It yeah, gets yeah, the yeah. big prize, you know? You get a big prize. Just like Tyler does, because he got all out. the Chippendales. But actually, I'm kind of really excited for all four of these movies. Like, this might be... The most excited I am for all four movies we talked about on an episode in a while. A like, goaded episode? Really, really Let's go. And I'm surprised because one of them is fucking Chip and Dale. I know. I kept begging <laughs> you to watch this trailer and you're like, eh. And I, I finally no came over and I was like, put the trailer on, bitch. Well, I feel like, oh, did you see the trailer for Chip and Dale? It's really good is like what you said to me. And if you said like, the Lonely Island is collaborating with Chip and Dale to do a crazy ass <laughs> Roger Rabbit fever dream. I'd be like, oh, Okay. I, I didn't see want to the incentive spoil the trailer for you. <laughs> Too many layers of spoilers. If it's in the trailer, it's not a spoiler. That's the whole premise that our podcast rests on. Otherwise, we need to do a massive spoiler for this whole episode. I mean, all our episodes are rated E for explicit. Yes, and S for spoilers. But only if you care about spoilers and trailers. Yes. So if you didn't care about spoilers and trailers, I could tell you that in Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness, there's a Tom Cruise Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna splice in a spoiler after we see the movie here if it's not tom cruise iron man yeah then we have a lot of work to do after this yes, episode exactly. if it is tom cruise iron man we're just gonna leave that line in yeah yeah okay Wait, aren't we releasing this episode before the movie comes out <laughs> oh we i guess we need to we'll re- we'll do a re-release the <laughs> yes just uh like what is it called remastered oh yeah yes oh, a remastered yeah. edition uh tyler's version 4k Thanks so much for listening, and if you want more Preview Review content, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Preview Review, and we'll let you know when new episodes are out. You mm-hmm. can also follow mm-hmm. Ryan and myself on Twitter, or maybe Letterboxd if you want to see what movies Ooh. we're watching. And uh, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.